0: Fitness is your ability to cope with and recover from stress. And the best way to level up both your mental and your physical fitness is by making small but powerful changes to your daily habits and routines. With this podcast, I aim to bring you a combination of short educational solo casts and slightly longer conversations I've had with a wide variety of fascinating people. The goal? To help you develop a lifestyle which supports your mental and physical fitness and improves your overall quality of life. My name is Jay Unwin. Welcome to Fit Body, Fit Mind. Okay, so I'm really, really happy today to have a great friend of mine, Avi Green. Do you know what? I'm, I'm going to pause there a sec because I, I didn't even ask if that's actually how you pronounce your name. Is it Avi?
1: Yes. I, yes, it is. And cool. I'm so impressed because usually whenever you reach out to me, you say, how are you doing, mate?
0: <laughs> yeah, but this is the thing. This is the thing. When I, uh, when I reach out to people, when I message people, I write uh-huh. like I type and uh-huh. um sorry i write like i speak like and i call everyone mate or yeah. dude or uh-huh. whatever No, i and, love it I
1: love it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then i realized that actually i don't know what i uh, don't know how to pronounce anyone's name so mm-hmm. welcome av and uh, for those of you who don't already know av av green is a coach trainer and meal prep chef with a passion and purpose of empowering people to enjoy whole person health through nutrition fitness and connection to self and community which is right up my street so av Thank you so much for joining me today. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing great, and thank you so much for having
0: me. And for those of you uh, listening to this, I just really want to make uh, make it known that it is currently about quarter to six in the morning where Avi is, and she's been up, ready to go to record this podcast. It's half past five, and I'm just massively impressed with that because I am no use to anyone. How, like, how do you do it, Avi? <laughs>
1: Uh, You know what? Early morning is my favorite time of day because I have three kids and this is the time when it's quiet in my house and I have time to myself and it's just to me, it's magical. This is like the best time of day for me. So when we talked about our time difference, I was like, "Oh yeah, 5:30 a.m. That's no problem."
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's admirable. I mean, I used to, I used to do 5 a.m. starts uh, when I was working in a gym prior to all the lockdown shenanigans that are going on. Mm-hmm. So I, I was doing it then, and it was, it was a struggle. I've done it in the past off my own back, and I had the same kind of feeling as you do. in that, that it's, it's very peaceful time of day, right? And mm-hmm. it is, yeah. it is good. I think that maybe there's a little bit too much pressure in certain circles that. Getting up early is a good thing. So
1: mm-hmm. I think it
0: really depends on the person. For you, obviously, you, you know, you're a morning person naturally, and you yeah. love that time of day. But you know, it's no, it's nothing, nothing magical about five a.m. If you're not a five a.m. person, so if you're listening to this, please don't feel pressured.
1: <laughs> right, good, good point to make. Everybody's individual. What's what's best for me is not necessarily what's best for everybody else.
0: So the first thing I wanted to chat about really was what you do now and mm-hmm. how you got into that because I find it um, fascinating what you, what you do and your approach to health and fitness and that whole kind of whole person health uh, philosophy that you have. And I've been following you on Instagram for quite a while and I'd just love to know a bit more about why you do it the way you do it and how you ended up where you are.
1: Uh, okay, well, I, I do both fitness and nutrition for clients. And I do that in the form of coaching, um, personal training one-on-one, and I also have a meal prep business. And the way I got into it basically was after having my, my third child, I was uh, quite a bit overweight and um, unmotivated and, and pretty unhappy with myself and my life. So um, I just I decided to join the gym, and I knew right away that I wasn't going to be able to keep myself motivated, so I got a trainer And I worked really hard um, on my own, you know, my own self, and that is that's kind of where I got the inspiration to help others, to help other moms. Because my trainer at the time was like, "You should think about becoming a trainer because you're very, it's your your story is inspiring." So I did. Within a very short while, I became a personal trainer, Um, and then from there, working with moms, especially. I had a a mom that I was working with and she and we would always discuss nutrition because that was the thing that people were so challenged with even if they could commit to their workouts and be on time for their sessions and and you know regular they were still struggling with weight loss and the nutrition aspect was a big big part of that. So she had me over one day to her house to speak to her and her husband and she said we need you to help us like we need you to come into our house clean out our pantry, teach us how to cook, cook for us. So that was a project that I did for a few months where I was cooking for them, meal prepping for them basically at my home and bringing it to them. And as I did that, I documented everything on Facebook, just saying here, this is what I'm doing. people started reaching out. I didn't know you did that. I want you to come do that for me. So that's how it grew. It just kind of grew very organically. And now I have, like yesterday, I just made over 160 meals made and delivered over 150 meals so started with one family
0: (laughs) it's funny how that always is the way isn't it people see the end result or they see the kind of you know 160 meals being prepped Mm -hmm. and delivered in a day and Mm -hmm. they forget that it all started with a a, a single thing you know it's like looking at chains like starbucks and stuff like that it was originally one little coffee shop right and people forget that that's everything has humble beginnings and exactly how long how long ago was that first family
1: so that was um i'm in my fifth year so that was about four and a half years ago
0: Yeah. yeah okay awesome and when you were saying about that that was the challenge that the people you were working with as a PT were having most of the time was with their nutrition that's something which I think a lot of people can relate to because the the workout especially if you've got a trainer the workout Mm -hmm. is the easy part if you like I mean it's challenging physically but it's It's easy because if you're going to a fitness class or you've got a personal trainer, you go along, you've got a workout designed for you, you just have to go through the motions for an hour. right? right. And there's a lot less emotional baggage around that than there perhaps mm-hmm. is with food because your habits with food have been ingrained for decades up to a right. point. And, and it's unpicking all of, all of those little bits and pieces. And if you've got a if you struggle with something like alcohol for example you can live without Mm -hmm. it right you can you can ditch Mm -hmm. that out of your life completely but you can't do Mm -hmm. that with food
1: Mm -hmm. so if you've got a poor
0: relationship with food you still have to eat and so you can't just kind of turn away from it and go in a completely different direction you've got to really learn the the ins and outs of of how to do that so do you still do you still teach people do you still teach people what to do or do you just do the meal prep stuff
1: uh, the meal prep is my main um, source of income, but I do still offer nutrition coaching. I am a nutrition coach, so um, I do still offer that. And it, it comes into play oftentimes when I'm working with people one-on-one with personal training.
0: Sure. Okay. Yeah. And, and you make you a f- good point, too.
1: Like, the, the one hour of personal training, that's one hour. But we have to eat all day. Like, that's it's such a, such a much bigger m- you know, obstacle to tackle.
0: What would you find that the the biggest, uh, or not necessarily the biggest, but the most common issue that people have around their food with what they're eating is? What do you think the biggest challenge that people have or the most common challenge that people have is?
1: Hmm. Um, I think the biggest challenge for the people who I'm working with is that they have adopted, um, you know, basically a very unhealthy diet with a lot of processed foods, Okay. The standard American diet. Um, I talk about it a lot, actually. Cause it's just ironic that the acronym is SAD. yeah standard American. diet. It is,
0: it is sad. <laughs> you know?
1: Um, so I think that that's a big part of it is the, the convenience foods, you know, and, and things that are the mislabeling that is allowed, you know, um, where people are thinking that they're eating healthy food, but it's, it's processed. And it's just so convenient, time-wise, that it's, they're, they're, they have kind of a mind um, block over pre- preparing their food, preparing their food from scratch. So
0: you've got, you've got, you've got, you've got a bit of a love affair with farmers' markets.
1: I do, <laughs> yes, I do.
0: And puns uh, yeah. as well. I saw your pun about uh, f- struggling to remain calm. Uh, <laughs> I quite enjoyed that. I like a good pun. Um, yeah, so why, Why? I mean, obviously most people, you're in the States, I'm in the UK, mm-hmm. there are vast differences, but there are also huge, huge similarities between the mm-hmm. cultures in, in both countries um, mm-hmm. in terms of convenience food, in terms of rushing our right. nutrition, because we're trying yeah. to make time for other stuff, whether it's work, mm-hmm. whether it's, um, you know, things that we think are important, but aren't necessarily important, like wanting to scroll through, facebook on our phones and things like that but people people tend to rush their food so they can do other stuff whereas Mm -hmm. in certain other countries there are lots of european countries who spend more time over their food if you look at france for example traditionally their lunchtime meal is a much more drawn out affair than it is in the uk or the states um and therefore they're happier to Cook something from fresh, or they're happy if they go out for a meal, a business lunch, for example, it's um, or a lunch break from work. They're not going to um, a fast food restaurant necessarily. They're going to an actual kind of proper sit down restaurant. Um, and obviously, the, the the culture around food varies all over the world. And yeah, like I said, there's differences between between the two countries that we're in. But but yeah, those those similarities between the cultures in terms of convenience, in in terms of rushing things. Where do you mm-hmm. think would be a good if there was someone listening to this, for example, who thinks, yeah, that sounds like me, I'm, I'm, am a slave to the convenience food.
1: Mm-hmm. Where
0: would you suggest they started if there was a, if there was just that first step to take? What would you recommend they did?
1: Well, meal prepping is key, and it it seems like a big, huge task, but it doesn't have to be. It can just be simply grilling up some chicken breasts, or you know, just cooking some protein enough to last for three days, four days, and then um, just some vegetables on the side, some sauteed or steamed vegetables, and a really simple but hearty grain like brown rice or something like that. Keeping it very simple is the best way for people to start. Okay. Um, and just with whole, you know, whole foods, sure. real foods.
0: So, so the kind of the planning and preparation is key rather than trying to think of yeah. something different to do every day, try and batch right. cook for a few days in advance. Absolutely. I think the, the thing is our lives are pretty busy for the most part. Mm-hmm. People's lives are a lot more busy now than they were perhaps, you know, even 30, 40, 50 years ago. We don't even have to go back that right. far. And I think Mm -hmm. part of that is down to, you know, we could go off on a huge tangent here about society as a whole, I think. Mm -hmm. But if you look at the cost of living and how much that has gone up over Mm -hmm. the decades compared to the average salaries, it now requires, for example, if you're in a kind of traditional nuclear family with a couple of parents and a few kids, Mm -hmm. these days, most of the time, both parents will have to work in some way or another. Because mm-hmm. the cost of living is so much higher. Whereas in the past, you would have one parent going out and earning the money and another parent staying at home and kind of looking after the food side of things and all the rest of it. And so yes. as, a, as a family, whether you're a single parent or, or you know, there's two of you, the time is so limited compared to what it was in the past. And I think that that is what perhaps the convenience food marketers are cashing in on. Because they know that people are panicking around the the time they've got. They're rushing around in the morning to get the kids to school. They need stuff to bung in the kids' lunch boxes. They need stuff to take Mm -hmm. for themselves to work. Or, you know, they need to grab something from a convenience convenience store on the corner near their work. And then when they get home, they're getting home at, you know, half five, six o'clock, 6.30. And then they've got to cook a, a dinner as well. Right. If you then say to them, right, you need to change what it is that you're doing and cook from fresh, I think that's mm-hmm. going to be, you know, a, a major psychological barrier for those people. Would you? Is that something that you've kind of found in conversations you've had?
1: It well, it is, it definitely is. But if if we can help people to see that when they eat that the way that we're prescribing, which is healthy whole foods that have been prepared at home rather than convenience foods. They're going to end up having more energy, yeah. And because they have more energy, then they're going to have more time in their day. Because the foods that people are used to eating, the, these ultra processed foods, are so bad on us, so hard on our systems. It's very. It makes people feel bloated. It makes people feel lethargic. It's. It's really, they're har- harming themselves in another way that they don't realize.
0: Yep. Yeah. So. Absolutely. And the, and I think as well when you teach the preparation side of it Mm -hmm. you earn back some of that time as well because if you spend a few hours at the beginning of a week or even a couple of hours at the beginning of a week cooking a meal which then lasts for a few nights then you've got you've got convenience food because all you've got to do is get home in the evening after work and you've got to heat it up and are there any particular meals which you think are they, they fit into that plan well because obviously there's certain things you heat them up and it kind of destroys them a little bit right and there's other cool. things there's other things which can cope with that treatment a lot better what kind of dishes what kind of meals really work well as kind of reheated convenience food that you've made yourself
1: well i mean that is my business the, the meals that i make for my meal prep they have to be things that will be good the next day because Yes, to your point, there are certain things that are great and they have to be eaten, you know, right away and then they're not going to be good if, as leftovers. So any uh, things that are good as leftovers would be uh, stewed meat would go really well because they've cooked a long time and they're have and they able to, um, they're more tender. I think that chicken breast is a very easy thing for people to do, but usually... Because chicken breast is so uh, bland and boring, and people tend to overcook it, then it ends up being like rubber. <laughs> yeah. So um, I, I teach, like, techniques on how to cook chicken breast properly so that it's good the next, the next day and the next couple of days. Um, but I, I think ground meats are very easy that way as a good introduction. Ground turkey, um, you know, ground bison, yeah. ground chicken, ground beef, yeah.
0: What we what we tend to do is so like the big kind of one pot meals like cooking a chili mm-hmm. or a pasta sauce or a curry mm-hmm. things like that. that we found oh. so I'm like I, I I'm probably about not quite a vegan but I'm close to it. Um, mm-hmm. So all of our meals are, tend to be plant based, and you can pack out things like chilies and curries and pasta sauces oh, yeah. and make an enormous pot of it, which will last yeah. you for quite a long time. And and what's great is that sometimes they're even better the second day. It's not just that they that, that oh, they right. do well, they actually improve.
1: The flavours marry, absolutely, yeah.
0: So we've talked a little bit about how you kind of got into the meal prep side of things that you're doing now. Um, mm-hmm. What did you do before you were going into fitness entirely. What was, what's your, what's your story there? I know you said that it was, um, you know, after your, after your third little one was when you kind of went to the gym and you kind of got inspired to start in the fitness industry. But uh, what we, what did you used to do before that?
1: I was a stay at home mom. Okay. Um, for about a decade, I was, I was home with my kids and which was wonderful. But hard work, I was though. very hard work. <laughs> and, you know, I wasn't balanced in doing anything taking care of myself i was just only giving only pouring out of myself so uh and that's why i ended up you know being overweight and unhappy
0: and do you I think that that's why is that why you think you attract the particular client base as you do because obviously your business is a very family oriented business in fact i've got a feeling now correct me if i'm wrong but do you refer to your clients as your family as well
1: i do yeah
0: so <laughs> I so do. Is it a very is it, is it all families that you work with now, or is it um, mostly, or or is there a kind of a split between various different demographics? It's a
1: variety. There there are a lot of um, single busy professionals that want to be healthy and they just do not have the time to cook or don't know how to. But and then there are families that um, I'm supporting as well. So yeah, it's it's kind of everywhere as far as my clients go. But yes, I call them my food family. And I cook for them like they are my family. Like I put a lot of love into the food.
0: <laughs> Do you think that that's something that's been lost along the way? Cause now I, I'm a big fan of looking at things from a holistic point of view, a bit like you are in mm-hmm. terms of, you know, your mm-hmm. your whole body health and things like that. And I, I've, people who listen who are listening to this probably know me and know my interest in mental and physical fitness and i talk i talk a lot about kind of a philosophy around fitness and part of that to me is about connection not just connection with other people connection with the environment connection with connection with what you're eating is a big part of that and i think that mm-hmm. there's an element of now I'm not spiritual in a traditional sense of the word, in a kind of religious sense of the word necessarily. But mm-hmm. for me, spirituality is about connection, right? That's that's kind of what yeah. I whether you're whatever religion you happen to follow, whatever kind of type of spirituality that a person subscribes to, they are it's about connection with something, right? Yeah. And food is a massively spiritual part of the human experience i believe and that comes through growing uh, cooking you know growing preparing cooking and eating are all different stages in that kind of relationship that we have with food because it's Mm -hmm. what we've you know it's what we've always had to do it's what we've evolved to we've evolved to be very close to that process and we're very removed from that process now with the convenience food with the processed food and so I don't know whether this is something that that you can relate to or something that you've come across in your journey, but I find that when you start getting back in touch with that, that process, and I'm not saying, you know, there's people who are living in cities and stuff like that, they don't have the space to, you know, grow their own fruit and veg necessarily. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's great if people do that because it adds another, another kind of dynamic to this relationship. But when right. people start cooking for themselves again or start cooking for their families again from fresh and they're they're using these ingredients and they're in touch with that would you say that that had a an effect uh kind of mentally and psychologically and spiritually is that something that you've kind of come across or am i just kind of waffling on now
1: no i love it i love what you're saying i mean i think for myself i know that when i am outside at the market i actually did used to grow my own vegetables i had a wonderful garden and that was many years ago but and that was part of my journey as well but even now when i'm at the outdoor market and i'm meeting the people who grew the food um the actual farmers and i'm seeing the the vibrancy of it and i can touch it and i'm bringing it home and i'm handling it it's absolutely part of the um the experience and the the health aspect of preparing food and i think that if more people did that they would they would reestablish that connection that you're right that we've lost because we're just we're so disconnected from the whole the whole process and we just shove it in our face yeah that is it (laughs) grab whatever shove it
0: in our face yeah it's like that Um, tastes good and it makes me feel full and that's all that someone thinks about right a lot of people say that they don't enjoy cooking and that's a barrier mm-hmm. to them. Mm-hmm. What would you say to that?
1: Um well, I think that it's something that we want we would try to, we would want to try to overcome. I mean, I think there are some some services that you can order food being prepared for you like mine and but I mean the be- of course the best thing is to do it yourself. So if if people are willing and open to try to overcome it, I'd say put on some music, you know, get into a very happy space. I think mindfulness is a big part of all of this, all of the health journey that we're talking about. And that's part of the connection part is just being mindful and, um, you know, making it fun, maybe getting the kids involved if you've got kids, but just taking some of the pressure off of it and trying to relax into it, lean into it.
0: I like that a lot because it is – it's all about our past experiences of something whether we enjoy it or not right and if we've grown up or through our adult life we've had negative experiences with food and with cooking and it's always been a rush and Mm -hmm. the idea of cooking from scratch just fills you with anxiety about it not you know about not having time Mm -hmm. then that's going to make you not enjoy cooking or mm-hmm. perhaps not knowing where to start and never having been taught or not knowing the kind of different combinations and what to use and stuff like that. But like you said, making it fun, making it enjoyable. And that's kind of my, my philosophy around exercise as well, because mm-hmm. so many people say, oh, I don't like exercise. I don't like working out. I don't like going to the gym. And most of the time that's because of prior negative experiences with those specific things, right? And being Bit. completely honest, gyms, you know, for most people, they're not a great environment. Most people don't like them. They're not they're not the most um, friendly, welcoming places for the most part, they, they're quite impersonal. Mm-hmm. And so people have a negative experience and then they extrapolate that to encompass all different activities. And they think, because mm. I didn't like the gym, I don't like being active. I don't like working out. And so what mm-hmm. I try and help people with there is to find something they do enjoy, to find a hobby that perhaps they had when they were a kid or a teenager or mm-hmm. a young adult that they really enjoyed because it was sociable and it was right. it was something that made them feel good and then reconnect mm-hmm. with that so they can find something that actually, they're getting moving, but it's in a way which doesn't feel like exercise, if that makes sense. I and so that. I guess yeah. what, what you're saying is the same thing around food is give yourself some new positive experiences with Mm -hmm. cooking to start unpicking those negative experiences and weakening the hold that they've got on you.
1: Right yeah and you know the fun thing about cooking also is I know people love to follow recipes but with cooking you can really experiment and have a lot of fun with it. You can put a little bit of this and taste it and adjust it to your liking and it becomes something that is like your own personal oh I just changed this recipe now this is my recipe This is my new recipe yeah. <laughs> you know so there's an empowerment with that as well that you're like you're in control and you can make something new and create something and that's really a cool experience that.
0: I think that that's a a uh, very it conjures up images of you know when you're like your grandparents or your great grandparents had a certain recipe for a certain Mm. thing and Mm. it's written on a piece of paper that's tucked into an old recipe book or it's annotated in a recipe book saying like use this much not this much and swap this for that and Mm -hmm. then that book is handed down the generations and it's all annotated and it's all got like uh, these little tear tears out that. Torn out pages of other things that go right. Try, try doing this yeah. instead, and it becomes uh, a family recipe. And that's something again when you talk about connection and you talk about the spiritual aspect of food and cooking and eating. Mm-hmm. The, the, there's a connection there with people that you may have never ever met in the past, mm-hmm. who were your ancestors that you've got a connection with because you're cooking things that they also cooked. And it allows you to almost time travel in, in many ways. And if, that has, if that's something that has been lost within your family, you can be mm-hmm. the one to start that again by doing exactly uh, what you just said.
1: Yeah, I love that. And it becomes a family heirloom. Yeah, I love that.
0: Yeah, and then you'll be connected not only to the people in the past, but then you'll be connected to the people who aren't even born yet, because you know that a few generations down the line, they'll be you know following your recipe for whatever that meal happens to be, uh, and talking about, oh, I wonder what I wonder what their uh-huh. life was like back then.
1: Yeah, I love that. That's so cool.
0: Yeah, it's a. It's. I think that when on the on the face of it, eating and food seems like such an such a fundamental part of our existence that perhaps we take it for granted a little bit and mm. it becomes mm-hmm. just a another thing that we have to do on a daily basis yeah, yeah. and we forget that all of these kind of these subtleties and all of these all of this nuance and all of this it's it's why it's why i i hated the whole pendulum swinging the other way in the fitness industry where uh, you know the food as fuel kind of mantra Mm -hmm. where Mm -hmm. food isn't about taste and enjoyment it's about fueling your body and it's about being healthy and it's like yeah it's about both really sure right you know it's it's been a social thing for for well all of recorded history surely like you know we've got Mm six thousand years of recorded human history and then Mm -hmm. we've got like you know bits and pieces that are showing up in the fossil record from even before that where we can see that people were sharing food and it was a social mm-hmm. thing. It's a con- it's connecting with the people around you. Yeah, And I think that the fitness industry perhaps glosses over that in a lot of ways. And I wonder how much of that is because a lot of the fitness industry is dominated by um, trainers who perhaps come from a bodybuilding background or, or fitness modelling or something along those lines where right. they're used to eating... Chicken and broccoli and brown rice out of a Tupperware container rather than meeting their friends for lunch. So and, boring. Hey?
1: <laughs> so boring. But it is, it really is.
0: And I've the thing is, I've been there because when I was new mm-hmm. in the fitness industry and I looked around mm-hmm. and that's what everyone was doing, that's what PTs did. And I was like, oh cool, I'll do right. that as well because that's that's mm-hmm. these guys are more experienced than me. They obviously know what they're doing. And I look back at it and I just go, wow. It wasn't it wasn't an eating disorder but it's definitely disordered eating it's definitely uh, you've lost your relationship with what what food is for here yes eat healthily to to nourish your body right. but there's a lot more than just your body that needs nourishing as well. your relationships right. need nourishing and if you're mm-hmm. missing out on seeing friends and family because you can't track the macros of you know whatever <laughs> it is that you're having for lunch if that's right. your reason, then I think the priorities need to be reevaluated.
1: So true. You're missing out on a big, big part of life, and that's for people who are, you know, in that kind of mindset. They're they're missing out on years, perhaps, of experiences and life around healthy um, lifestyle, including healthy healthy food. But because they're so focused on like you said tracking the macros and oh no I can't I can't go out with you guys because I'm I'm trying to lose weight and I'm trying to do this I'm trying to do that like you're missing out on a a big important part of life
0: is that something that you ever went through that phase or were you always kind of when you when you came into the fitness industry as a trainer did you manage to maintain a good relationship with food
1: I love food so much, and I love cooking so much that what I was able to do was just to change the way that I cooked. I cooked very heavy, heavy foods, and I just was able to adjust the way I cooked so I could still enjoy those flavors, but in a healthier setting. So I don't, I, I do not, uh, I do not believe in diets, dieting, um, that whole mentality is is off it's backwards it's so it's not sustainable and so i don't ever recommend people go on diets i don't do diets i never have i just um it's more about being mindful about what we're eating how much in volume the timing of it sometimes but um really it's more about mindfulness
0: what's your favorite what's your favorite food (laughs) Seems like a seems like a glib (laughs) question, but we've been talking about food so much. I find it really hard to answer that question because it's like I Mm. like so many different things. But if it was like like your last meal on Earth, what would you have?
1: My last meal on Earth would be um, a... Uh, lobster dinner.
0: (laughs) Oh, wow. All right. Fancy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I love lobster, but there's a specific way a specific preparation that I love. And I, I haven't had in a while. Um, But it's, it's a way that they do it in a a little town called Puerto Nuevo in Mexico. And basically, they, they slice the lobster tail in half and they fry it in butter. and then they serve it with beans and rice and homemade tortillas and salsa and it's just that meal is like heaven
0: i could see like (laughs) obviously people listening to this they won't see the they won't see the look in your eyes as you described that yeah you (laughs) look like you were. i think you were drooling a little bit out of the corner of your mouth as you were describing it
1: so why haven't
0: you had that if that's like your favorite thing why have you not had it for so long
1: well, you know what? I think I'm sure I could find it at a restaurant here on this side of um, this of, of where I live, but I don't care to travel into Mexico right now. Um, there's just I don't know. It's a weird. It's a very weird year, and yeah. I I think I just better stay put where I am. So yeah, that's, for
0: sure. That's so- did you,
1: reason.
0: Yeah, no, that's fair enough. I'd say as yeah. reasons go, that's a pretty solid one. 2020 yeah. has been a very, very strange year indeed. Um, yeah. So prior to this, was that something that you would, because um, again, I don't think we mentioned this since we started recording, but you're in Southern California, right? Right. So you're. how far are you from the Mexican border?
1: About an hour and a half.
0: Okay, so that's actually, you know, that's really close in a kind of united states type distance right uh-huh. in the uk that's quite far because <laughs> because <Okay. laughs> we're a lot smaller right so um uh-huh. but would you would you happily drive uh, over the border for an evening meal and then home again uh yes i would <laughs> there you go there you go um and so is that something that you used to do prior to this year and everything going a bit crazy is that something you used to do fairly regularly
1: I there was a time when I did it a lot more regularly, and it was just had to do with the fact that I was dating somebody who was from Mexico, okay. so I was there a lot. Um, and like I said, I think I can find that meal over here. I just haven't, I haven't really done the research to find it. But it is kind of in this area. It's well known for people who go into Mexico that that is a like a a dish, and that town is known for that dish. So I'm sure. Someone has brought it over here. Oh yeah! And,
0: uh, if you're that yeah. close to the border as well, like I mean, there's there's so much trade of culture in terms mm-hmm. of food and things like that when you're when you're close close to borders in for different uh, different countries or even different regions of the same country, aren't there? There's it, it kind of it's. Um, it almost diffuses out from where it started doesn't it and it kind of spreads especially if it's as good as you say it is then of course people (laughs) are going to want to do their own versions of it but then there's also that kind of that adaptation as it goes isn't it and someone might a a certain town might do it a, a slightly different way
1: right right
0: so in terms of your business, what's what's kind of next for you? Like, what's your what's your what's your ambition? What's your goal in terms of uh, helping people with their nutrition and stuff like that? Where where's where's next for you?
1: Well, as of lately, uh, most recently, I started coaching um, fitness uh, group fitness on Zoom.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. And
1: that just kind of started as a result of with all the gyms closing and you know, for a little bit, I kind of fell off the wagon. I wasn't exercising regularly and everything was so uncertain and scary. And so uh, I just thought, you know, I need to get back into my routine. So I, where I am right now is I'm on the roof of my apartment building. And I come out here three times a week. I just started telling my neighbors, come and work out if you want to work out. And then I started kind of promoting it on social media. And so now I have a little class that I'm doing three times a week. So that's kind of where i'm i'm focusing my attention on right now as i continue to grow my meal prep business and like i said they go hand in hand i have some of my clients working out with me who are also my meal prep clients so i get to care for them in both of those ways um but that is those are the things that i am really focusing on and i also have another business that is Specifically, making broth, sauces, and dressings for people that have um, certain dietary restrictions because of chronic diseases. Yeah. And so that's a local. It's it's just getting off the ground, but that's another endeavor that I'm that I'm in right now. And
0: they're all kind of the same. Outcome in the sense of you've you've got something that you want to achieve in terms of helping people and supporting people with their health, their fitness, their nutrition from a whole body perspective, and those right. three different things with the meal prep, uh, the coaching, the fitness, uh, mm-hmm. and the and the broth. It's all. Mm-hmm just tools to help you achieve that end goal right because different things are going to suit different people some things are going to be more geographically bound than others like you said you know some of them are only local um Mm -hmm. and some are a bit further afield so i guess that 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 overall mission of helping Mm -hmm. people just achieve a better quality of life through being healthier and fitter i'm imagining that's kind of where it's all where it all comes together right
1: right that that's pretty much my my philosophy is like you like you read my my whole person health kind of
0: approach well it it's kind of it ties in really nicely with with you know what i preach as well which is why i really wanted to have this conversation because it's that idea of not fitness for the sake of fitness but fitness for a better quality of life and more enjoyment and from a right. perspective of the the full body the nutrition the movement uh, and all the other bits and pieces that go along with it um so we're going to wrap up now but could you leave the guys that are listening with one little thing that, uh, one little piece of advice or a, a starting point that you would really love to share with them?
1: A starting point? Well, I mean, I guess this is not going to seem related, but it is. Um, I would say that spending time outside in the wilderness, um, at the beach or in the mountains or anywhere that you can be close to nature and move your body I think is a starting point because we are meant to move and our lives are so busy and we're all so time poor that we're it's like I feel like we're like in a speeding car and everything's just passing so fast you can't even like focus on what is happening like life passes so fast and we're not paying attention so I think the starting point is just getting connected getting connected with yourself and getting connected with the earth and being in a grateful moment and then moving forward from there whichever direction it is whether it's nutrition or fitness is the next thing that you that you need to focus on the tools are all out there but it's really more about personally like getting connected um to to know which which direction to go
0: that's absolutely perfect i couldn't agree more with that couldn't agree more i think that one of the things which perhaps has been a positive for some people from this year is that it's forced people Mm -hmm. to slow down a little bit. It's, you know, there's, there's been some huge challenges for people in terms of their, you know, in terms of health and family being separated and work, people, you know, people losing their jobs and things like that. But one thing it has forced a lot of people to do is to, is to kind of go inwards a little bit, reflect a little bit um, and, and slow down and, re like you said reconnect uh with what's important and there's the thing with getting outdoors is it again it's such a primal thing where we didn't evolve to be indoors all the time like we didn't evolve to be uh sedentary and we didn't evolve to eat processed food and all of the rest of it Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. definitely outdoors is a good opportunity for us to kind of um get a bit more get a bit more connected with what's around us um so if people wanted to if people who were listening to this wanted to find out more about what you do where is the best place for them to connect with you what kind of socials and things like that do you tend to be most active on where do you want them to go
1: i'm very active on social media um instagram my handle is empowered underscore av Um, And then on Facebook, it's just my name, A.V. Green, green like the color with an E at the end. But I'm active on both, especially Instagram. That just tends to be my my go to. Um, And so and then when I'm on Instagram, I'm always promoting my my businesses. So,
0: yeah. Awesome stuff. So what I'll do as well uh, is I'll put that I'll put your Instagram and your Facebook link in the description for this episode as well. So if anyone's listening to this and wants to check out what A.V. is up to, then you can just head on over to her instagram or her facebook so thank you once again avi thank you so much for jumping on and having this conversation with me i have absolutely loved it And me too. Uh, thank
1: you so much jay
0: no worries and i hopefully speak to you again soon cheers
1: great to see you cheers
0: thank you for listening to fit body fit mind with me jay Unwin. If you aren't already connected with me on LinkedIn, Instagram or Facebook, then you can find all the links in the podcast description or on my website at fitbodyfitmind.online. Until next time, stay fit, stay well and have fun.